Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out, it's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, an Empire Magazine subscription, and I love films. As Carl Sandberg once said, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm on my way to the multiplex to see if they're showing any previews of Parasite. Good for you, Carl Sandberg. It's really good, actually. You'll enjoy that. Every week, I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Jamila Jamil, January Jones, Catherine Ryan, and even Edwina gambled her fortune away the third. But this week, my special guest is musician, comedian, actor, podcaster, writer, and director, Dan Clark. Announcement! On the 26th of February, I'll be doing the big live podcast with Mr. Tom Allen. You heard it here first at the Islington Town Hall. Get your tickets on the Dice app or the website. You'll find them. If you do enjoy the show and you want to support it and get more content, come and join me over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get extra guest questions for most episodes. I'll tell you this, you get a load of other stuff. Go and have a look. But something I've not said on here, what you get on the Patreon that I ask all the guests is that they tell the patrons a secret. So when you get into the patron zone, there's a secret from every guest I've had on here. Some of them are outrageous, but to get the secrets, you have to become a patron, and then you have to swear never to reveal them. Anyway, that's exciting, isn't it? Have a look over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, Dan Clark. Dan Clark is a lovely, brilliant comic actor, writer, musician, director type who I first worked with a long time ago with Daniel Taylor and we have been friends ever since. He's a very funny and honest man. But the thing is this, I have to warn you that the first 10 minutes of this podcast, I did nearly cut them, but then I thought, well, I kept asking about it because I was curious, so you might be curious too. But what I will say is, it's not for everyone, the first 10 minutes of our chat. And if you're only listening to this podcast for the films and stuff, then maybe just skip the first 10 minutes. And if you're eating, skip the first 10 minutes. Basically, I've kept them in, but you don't have to listen to them. I will not be offended if you skip the first 10 minutes. And you'll understand why very quickly. But I did think it was interesting because, you know, when do you get to ask these questions? So there it is. You know, there's something for everyone in this. You might even really love it. It might be your favourite bit, the first 10 minutes. Anyway, I've built it up a lot. Basically, you'll see. Here we go. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 81 of Films to be Buried with.
Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by an actor, a writer, a stand-up, a musician, a podcaster, a presenter, a showrunner, a creator, a lover of men and women. Don't discriminate. (laughs) Please, welcome to the show, the brilliant Mr. Dan Clark. Thank you, thank you. I can't. I actually normally I'm quite. I find those sort of big up intros a bit mm. uh, difficult to, especially when it's just you and someone else in a room. Yeah, just in an empty room. Just in an empty room, and they're saying all these <laughs> things you supposedly do. Yeah. Um, but that time I quite enjoyed it. Mm. I think it was because I was enjoying just to see how many how many titles, mm. job titles you could actually give me. Like a squeeze out of yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, well done. I Thank enjoyed you very that. Much. Yeah. What whatever happened to just being an actor? Yeah. This is true. Mm. I often wish that I was born at least ten or fifteen years earlier, purely on a professional level, because things were simpler back then. Well look, I know I'm gonna sound really old yeah, and, yeah. and sort of moany, but like I didn't get in this business to sort of update my website every day and sort of tweet about myself all the time and you know that whole business that that sort of your brand everything's about a brand you know like when you see people like Hoffman or Hackman or Jack Nicholson or whoever interviewed maybe not Jack Nicholson but certainly a lot of them they were like oh I was just acting and then they got their break yeah there's none of this like the big this this, everyone's got a thing they're all trying to they no one gets into it just to be one thing they're trying to be a brand and a big machine and a i don't know it just doesn't suit my personality you you so you you want to be someone who is just uh, discovered without doing any work <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, like you're I mean, winning the lottery. That like is, a, you want a giant figure from the sky to go. You, we want you for yeah. our massive film. Yeah, we're making the graduate. We want you. Yeah, we want you. Please don't do anything to get this job. By the way, that isn't what happened to Dustin Hoffman. He had presumably been acting up until that point, right? Well, I guess he was auditioning for stuff. Yeah. That was his big break. To yeah. be fair, but I just mean he probably didn't have a podcast. Can I just do the stuff that I do, not all the extra yeah. stuff? That I don't think back in the day they had to do as much, or at all. I I think we're sort of... I think you can choose not to, but you're really leaving it to the gods. And and the window of... The the opportunity for people who haven't put any effort in... (laughs) See, you've misunderstood what I'm saying. I'm not talking about not putting effort. No, I do know what you mean. Talking about all all the bullshit, which is probably why I'm not anywhere near as um, successful as I'd like to be. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, I I take solace in the fact that Phoebe Waller Bridge is not on social media Mm. and is the most successful British person on the planet right now. I don't believe, therefore, that <laughs> I'm going to suddenly win every single award in Hollywood and be given fifty million dollar Amazon deal right. just by not being by on, not being on Twitter. <laughs> but, but it puts uh, you in the running. But it puts me in the running. Um, now, Dan Clark, uh, yeah. we've known each other for a long time now. We, have, um, yeah. we did a pilot for Sky called Thirty and Counting, uh, which actually is still not 
We still don't know if it's been still, picked up. We're still enough. waiting. When still did we shoot that? We shot that in about 2012. Yeah, and we still haven't had a no. So I'm, I'm. Fingers crossed. I feel like. I mean, you hear, you do hear of people that have waited a long time for an answer, right? Yeah. So, I think we've got we've got a chance. It was you, me, and Daniel Taylor. Time yeah. wasters, Daniel Taylor. Time wasters, da- Daniel Taylor, and quite frankly, if there isn't a hotter trio than that. <laughs> you know, and I know the world needs a show about three guys right yeah, now, that. more than ever. Yeah. Trying to get girls. Now's it's, the time. Now's the time. Um, you, I've just come here. Can we talk about this? Yeah. So uh, I asked Dan uh, to come be on the podcast and he said, I'll be there as soon as I've had my colonic irrigation. <laughs> now, you're the first person I've actively spoken to about this. Yeah. Tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is true. Um, just over an hour ago, I was lying on a table with a tube up my anus. And um, <laughs> what do you want to know? I mean, why? Uh, yeah, if you're, well, as much as you're comfortable with. I'll tell you anything. Okay. Yeah. Why? Honestly, mm. I worry about my health. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent the first 37 years of my life eating shit. Right. I didn't exercise. Uh, I spent 20 years of those 37 years or more drinking a lot of alcohol, partying, and by partying, you know, taking substances, mm. which I'm not I'm not um, condoning or promoting or you whatever. You used to it be just, really good fun. I used to be fun, <laughs> and then I got... <laughs> and then I hit do. 40. <laughs> Um, now you stick tubes up your butt. You now six, and I used to eat like fry ups all the time and Haribo every day. And I'm, I'm, it's, I used to spend a lot of time trying to convince people I'm nothing like the character I used to play and of the show I wrote, How Not to Live Your Life. But in one area we were very similar was this. I had terrible uh, diet and a terrible lack of exercise and stuff. Anyway, I got to my late 30s. And because I don't put on weight, there was never any real incentive to change everything. In hindsight, I realised, like, I was extremely depressed and lethargic and uh, mood swings and all... Well, the depression was from other things, but that definitely didn't help. But I also just started to get really paranoid about, like, you know, you get into 40, the big C word. Right. You know, the big the big Crack cancer. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was worried about getting into crack. It was getting that way. Oh no, I was just I was just becoming more like my dad died when he was 49 of cancer and when right. you're suddenly 40 you're like, "Oh, hang on. That's like not yeah. that far off." Mm. In fact, all the men in my family just this podcast gone really quite No, this is what it's for to be fair. It, all the men in my family have died quite youngish. Really? From a lot, most of them from cancer or, or something. Mm. Um, and I'm just like, I... So I started to exercise more and try and eat healthier. Mm. But uh, I still got health problems. I got s- digestive issues, sh- frozen shoulder. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Got have, fr- heard. have you? Yeah. Because not many people have. I got frozen shoulder on my right side. Yeah. Which lasts about a year and a half and is the most painful oh, thing God. ever. I then... That finally started to go. I then got an ulcer... Bloody and hell. digestive issues that finally went after about eight nine months 
And then I got a frozen shoulder on the left side. Jesus Christ. Now, I think it was a lot of stress and yeah, yeah. depression and all sorts of things. But it was also I knew I wasn't looking after myself. Right. And when you're just sat hunched over a laptop most of the day, as you and I often are... Wanking seriously. Wanking like mad, like mad men. <laughs> then you... Next were to each other in a next cafe. Next to each other in a cafe. And it's... <laughs> Is is the being next to each other the least weird part about that? I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I just had to change it all. Getting, How do you feel now? And literally getting. I mean, huge. I'm surprised you haven't done a joke about me being full of shit. Um, no, no. I mean, because I've gone to get all the it's shit. It's gone. Out. All gone. It's, I'm not full of shit anymore. You're empty. Um, it's remarkable what's up there. Fucking hell. Scary. What? Like f- stuff that's been there for years, and that stuff is toxic. Does it so, like all come out in one go? Or is it no? Like, oh, and it can be yeah. quite painful. And I mean, let's be honest; it is weird. You're lying yeah. on a bed, and a woman you've never met before. Yeah. Within ten minutes is ten minutes. What's happening in the ten minutes before? Just small talk. <laughs> uh, well, you've got to get undressed yeah. and catch up, catch up, or not catch up if you haven't met them. Yeah. Just sort of talk about the weather and. I don't know, seven minutes? Okay. Uh, I love that that's the thing you've... Uh... Yeah. So then she, she pops, her, pops the tube in. Pops the tube in. What I love about this is this podcast can be anything. Yeah. And now it's completely different <laughs> than it's ever been. Um, what and if for those of you eating precedent. your breakfast... Yeah, yeah. I that's a good too. point, actually. Um, I hadn't thought that. I'll People put a might... warning at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so she pops the tube in, it's very uncomfortable, mm. and then what, pumps water in? Yeah. Does she buy a sink, just filling up jugs and then chucking it down in yeah. the funnel? She's just filling up um, squeezy bottles and directing <laughs> it at me. Now, it's a machine with a tube and then, yeah, warm water gently... Oh, that's nice, it's warm. It, I suppose pumping is the right word, but... Um, and you can also put probiotics, garlic. Some people do coffee enemas, don't yeah. they? Yeah. There's things you can put in there as well, but I haven't really done that. So it goes in. It goes in, yeah. and, and it builds up for a while, and then you start getting these intense... Well, especially if you've, you're full of shit like I am, yeah. you get really bad stomach cramps because of all the gas. And, and she says, try and hold it for as long as you can, because the more you get in, the better. And then yeah. eventually, oh, no, I can't do it! And then she, let, she turns a th- some switch, and yeah. it all comes out. And if you're as bunged up as I was, then you won't really get much stuff the first time. Really? Disappointing. You get all the recent stuff. Right. The stuff that's been there from all the pizzas and burgers and curries or whatever. And you do, you see stuff. Extraordinary. Yeah. And do you feel better for it? I feel so much better for it. Really? Yeah. And I sometimes, if I'm really bad, which, because at Christmas I just... I said fuck it to everything and just yeah. ate whatever I wanted and drank whatever. Because yeah. not now, now I'm 43, and for the last three years I've you probably look very been, healthy. You look I've very probably good. been the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Yeah, but um, I just really wanted to just do whatever I wanted this Christmas, and it went a little bit crazy. And um, I got a little bit of psoriasis. I can't believe how where this podcast. Where, are we talking about films? We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, and just after even one, your just skin feels good. You feel lighter. You that you then. I know there's people. Oh, but you know, you're getting rid of um, good bacteria, bacteria or something. Yeah. But you just you make sure you take loads of probiotics straight after, and make sure you 
do yeah. it with a professional. Dan, I forgot to tell you something. Mm. And to be fair to me, <laughs> I have been slightly distracted by your You're opening busy. gambit. Yeah. Oh, right. But yeah. I should have told you when you got here. And weirdly, with everything going on, I don't know if it's going to be a surprise or... Well, anyway, here's the thing. I'll just tell you, I guess. Mm. Uh, you've died. You've died after all that. I'm dead? Yeah. <laughs> now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't it weird? I, I have to say... I've, one thing I didn't expect the afterlife to be was just you and me in a room. <laughs> I did. What? How did you die? Something went wrong in the colonic. Oh, God. <laughs> there was a uh, malfunction. Mm. She sucked too much out. She took your brain out. Some of my organs came out. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> it's normally at this point I ask if you worry about death, but I think you do. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate... You hate death. I hate death. <laughs> Damn death. I've tried to, you know, set up all sorts of campaigns yeah. and charities against Big death. Starters yeah. against death. <laughs> I've always been afraid of death since quite a young, quite a young age. Do Not you sure. remember the beginning of that? I think my granddad died when I was about seven. Right. And I couldn't understand that concept. Yeah. And my mum said that for quite a while I couldn't sleep after that. Because I just couldn't grasp not being mm. like, and that's quite a young age to have to start. Really, you would have thought like I'd sort of find religion or something, but I'm going the I'm going the hard route <laughs> of the complete unknown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. Do you not? Do impossible not, concept, isn't it? It totally is. Yeah. And when people talk about a possible afterlife, I'm like. You're just totally grabbing at straws here. There mm. is that's the crazy thing about this, right? We have invented so many amazing like we can see beyond like what's I don't I, I actually don't know the exact science of this, but we can see for miles, uh like billions of miles into yeah. space, right? Yes. We can put tiny little machines and swallow them into our bodies yeah and little cameras go around like we can do things that 50 years ago you just wouldn't have thought were possible yeah. like you can send a song to someone on your phone yeah yeah you know it's like just mad stuff and yet we still haven't worked out either whether there's a god or there's an afterlife and that for me is i think just going out on a limb here yeah it might be because Partly because there isn't, maybe. And you think that? you've I don't know if people are actually doing tests to find out if there's a god or not. Actual, like, in labs. Yeah. With microscopes or... Well, there's know. flatliners. Yeah, the there is flatliners. flatliners which I really and the remake. Like as an idea, very yeah, much. I love... It was a bit weird, though, the sort of Joel Schumacher yeah, kind yeah. of almost... Um, the idea is better than the execution, yes, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. This this also sort of applies to, you know, now that people are doing psychedelics uh, a lot for psychiatric reasons, yeah. ayahuasca, DMT, psilocybin, that sort of stuff. Yes. But people say they have near-life yeah. experience, uh, near-life, near-death, maybe near-life experiences mm-hmm. as well, near-death experiences, or they think they've seen what the afterlife is, and I'm like, isn't it just that chemicals are altering your brain? So, of course, you're going to see some pretty crazy shit. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm yeah, a, yeah. I, I believe in energy and 
spirituality and connection and life, but do I believe that there is any sort of consciousness after we die? I just don't... I don't know how that looks. Pitch it to me. <laughs> I haven't heard a good take yet. Uh, well, I think it may be... The, the reason you can't picture it is because it is unfathomable because of our small brains that we have in this life. Our small brains that have worked out yeah, that have done split a lot atoms of stuff. and all sorts. But the idea of like infinity and yeah. death is so... Uh, even our massive yeah. small brains can't compute that because we don't have the capacity for it. And we will have that capacity when we die and we return to the greater consciousness or yeah. whatever and you go and it'll be like oh yeah this yeah oh yeah that was obvious <laughs> i mean to be honest like i struggle when say i got, got massively into the sopranos and it came to an end and i couldn't comprehend <laughs> no more sopranos yeah so actual life itself is mm. going to be a real head fuck isn't it <laughs> you're just going to be in heaven the whole time going no no <laughs> no no not having this <laughs> fuck off well here you are. Yeah. In heaven. Well, look, this is proof that there is an afterlife. Yeah. I just I just didn't think of it This it was going to be yeah, like right. this. this is it. You couldn't comprehend it. You couldn't no. comprehend it. It would be us in a, in a little room. I've got to say, though, I'm, I'm pleased because I like you. Oh, that's And we nice. get on really well. Yeah. And I feel like you're someone I can physically touch. Okay. Like, so we, <laughs> we could cuddle, yeah, you right? Yeah, we could have a cuddle. We, sure. we can have a cuddle. I'd hate to be, like, in the afterlife and it's just me and one person... And he's a bit of a what weird like sort of yeah. It doesn't like physical contact. doesn't like physical contact because it's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be lonely, right? Yeah, if times. you can't touch, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose we'll end up getting very close. <laughs> uh, what is uh, in this afterlife though? All they want to know about is your life through film. They're obsessed oh, with film. Oh, okay. Wow. You imagine that. All right. Yeah. Again, you didn't expect it, but that's sort of the point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, luckily I've seen a couple, so... Okay, well, what is the first film that you remember seeing? I, um, and I've heard you ask this question before. Yeah. With other dead people. Yeah. Um, And I don't remember exactly. I mean, do people really honestly remember the first film they've seen? The closest you can get to it, Obviously, there were, like, kids' films, like, um... Mary Poppins and the never-ending story and stuff, like... Absolute bangers. I mean, Mary Poppins is a masterpiece, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. But I think the first film I remember... Well, honestly, but I'm not going to use this one, is Star Wars. Okay. Because I I was four... No, I I was born the year Star Wars was released. But more than that, in a weird sort of way, I think I preferred Flash Gordon. That's nice, yeah. yeah. And that was a special film for me. Go on. Yeah. There was something about Flash. Mm. <laughs> but that film, I don't know, like, uh, and another Did you weird... Did see it at the cinema? I don't think I saw it at the cinema. I, no. I would have been about four when it came out. Okay. But the music I loved, and I'm not a massive Queen fan. Right. But I love the Queen soundtrack. Yeah. I love the song Flash. Me too. I, it's a little bit psychedelic. It's more psychedelic and way more camp than Star Wars. Yeah. It's much more your vibe, you're right. <laughs> you're much more a, a Flash Gordon than a Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I love Star Wars, don't get yeah. me wrong. Sure. Except for the... Oh, I don't want to talk about the recent ones. That's it sort of upset me a bit. But um, I never even knew I was a fanboy. Like, right. you know, these oh, people no, that get you're angry. on Twitter <laughs> slacking off everyone. But you? a week after I saw The Last Jedi, I still... I was still angry. Wow. Yeah. I'm one of the people that... I you're one of the, the I hated it camp, yeah. Wow. 
But um, yeah, Flash. I, d- I just remember I used to act out like you remember where he used to put his hand in that weird thing. It's a great sequence. Yeah. What a great, what a tension building great scene. Great idea. With Peter Duncan. Yeah. As his uh, opponent. From, po- from Blue Peter. From Pooh Peter. <laughs> from Peter Peter. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, Blessed. I mean, there aren't, are there like qu- as quotable lines in Star Wars other than like the obvious, you know, the Force oh, yeah. or whatever? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the yeah. Force and the Chewbacca, and, you know. But like the, the Blessed stuff is just. Mm. So good. Who do you watch it with? Do you remember? With my, I've got two brothers, two older brothers. We, when we were younger, before they became that little bit older than me, and the divide began. How old my children are they? They're one's two years old and one's four years older. Hmm. We we used to watch all that stuff together. You're the baby. Cra- yeah, I'm the baby. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what's crazy is we used to watch. I still remember my start, the Star Wars home video that I had recorded mm. from TV that had the LWT logo at the beginning of it. Yeah. And then as so many times throughout the film, you'd have the sort of lines going across where mm. it's like the dodgy VHS tape. And uh, we, were, we would watch it on a TV that was like 15 inches. Wow. If you think, like most people have like a 40, 50 inch TV yeah. now. Fifteen, and we were mesmerised, uh, and the sound probably was like worse than a phone speaker is now. Yeah. And you're just t- transported into that world. And the same with Flash Gordon. We used to, you know, it's something you don't really do as an adult. You just rewatch films all the time. Mm-hmm. Just don't get bored of watching something that you know back to front, do you? Yeah. That's I don't true. know why that changes when you get older. I don't know. Maybe. You've Done other things in life that you know give you more dopamine hits, and that just isn't the enough to rewatch it. something you already know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Actually, yeah. I don't have a definitive answer for you because you're okay. right. I watched Pete's Dragon three hundred times. Oh, Pete's Dragon was amazing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. What did you think of the remake? Loved it. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. One of the best opening sequences of the decade. Wow. Yeah. It's well, the guy who made uh, a ghost story. Like and it's a proper uh, art. they ain't no saints yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. It's an arty, he's an arty boy. Yeah. It's so really is it really impressive. slow and like hardly any dialogue? <laughs> it's really boring. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's like, but it's, it's sort of, it's quite beautiful. And, yeah. uh, but the beginning is particularly like, holy shit. Okay, good. I'll, I'll so really, watch just that, even yeah. just watching that beginning is yeah. impressive. Um, and also, he done all his research on dogs and so the dragon, Elliot, is like a dog. Like, he, he studied p- people with their pets. And he's basically like a dog, a giant dog with wings, but really behaves like a dog. It's very sweet. Well, look, as a new, as a recent uh, dog owner... Yeah. ..who went from not, totally not getting dogs... Yeah. ...to being obsessed... I think you're really like I mean, dragon. yeah. What's You're speaking my language. What is my dog? Yeah. He's a French bulldog. He's two years old and his name's Deacon. It's fucking great. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It's best, probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> what is the film <laughs> that scared you the most? Do you oh. get scared? I, I'm not a big horror right. fan. Um, because you get scared? I mean, I, I, I'm definitely someone that like <clears throat> winces and feels the pain. Yeah. when stuff happens to people. But if there's no emotional 
connection to it, it doesn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. That the, uh, You know the film Red Sparrow? Did you watch that? No, I've not seen that. Now, it's not perfect, but I really enjoyed it. I thought yeah. it was a, it's like a classic sort of like the sort of films that used to get made in the cinema at that level, mm. sort of big budget thriller. And it's, you know, apart from the dubious accents, it's it's really entertaining. And there's a sequence sort of two-thirds of the way in where uh, Joel Edgerton and Jennifer Lawrence, they're sort of tortured, but be- but there's so much more going on. They're having to pretend they don't know each other and he's getting <clears throat> tortured in order to try and... There's spoiler alert, by the way, um, to try and s- get her to admit she knows him sort of thing. Right. And it's such an amazing scene because you've been on this emotional journey with them if that scene had happened earlier or with people you didn't really care about it still would have been a bit shocking because of the way he tortures them it's really grotesque but it you're just so on the edge of your seat with that but that's not the film that scared me the most hands down without a doubt the film that scared me the most. i've got a close second but the main one is dead man's shoes oh wow um Shane Meadows. Shane Meadows, who I adore. and Paddy Constantine. Who I adore. And I love the film, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's a brilliant film regardless, but the one scene where he spikes them all with LSD, because, yeah. and I, don't, I seem to be talking a lot about drugs on this uh, <laughs> podcast, which was not my intention, but... Um, we can go back to talking about your ass. Yeah, if, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. If, if you wouldn't mind, my mum might be listening. Um, I think there's nothing scarier than losing your mind. You know, um, that's not to say that I'd happily sit and let someone saw my leg off. Yeah, but for You'd me, prefer what, it. Yeah, I'd prefer. I'd, I'd like it. I'd uh, hate it less, probably. Yeah. When he so you know again spoiler alert but if you're not if you're not fast what happens is uh, during his revenge Paddy Considine who's seeking revenge for his brother um, spikes these guys with LSD and other drugs I think mm. but mostly LSD actual tabs yeah and then goes in and just fucks them up but before he like gets violent or whatever he fucks with their brains and that for me was terrifying. Yeah. Be- partly because I'm just generally, I, I think, losing your mind is kind of the worst thing that can happen. But also I've had bad experiences on psychedelics and I know how terrifying that is. Mm. I mean, it's utterly, utterly terrifying. Also the best laugh you can ever have. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. And I think that really struck something with me. Having been through something quite bad before, I was like, oh, that. Just and also not knowing, I think spiking people also that uh, terrifies me. Yeah. I think that's one of the worst things that's a human can do. That's so horrible. Even like supposed quote unquote loved up drugs, mm. you know, just to be given something you didn't ask for, I just think is fucking horrible. Yeah, so I think that's why it's Christmas yeah. must be a nightmare for you, just being given loads of shit you didn't ask for. <laughs> You horrible. What are you doing to me? (laughs) Take it away. I thought you'd like this book. (laughs) Fuck off. I don't want a new laptop. (laughs) Um, A close second would be ID. You know the film ID? Yeah. Oh, man. I I love ID. ID is such an underrated, sort of forgotten about film. 
And I, I don't even know if it's good. I remember when I watched it thinking it was amazing. Yeah. But it could be one that's not dated great. But what an amazing performance by um, Reese Dinsdale, the, the main guy. And what was scary, I genuinely got scared, was how he got completely brainwashed. Yeah. But not brainwashed because they were trying to... It wasn't like extreme, you know, radicalism or anything. It was because he loved it. Yeah. It tapped into some animalistic... And I think there's something about... For me, there's a fear of, like, you... Like, what if you discovered a part of yourself that was really horrible? Yeah, that you joined the firm. Yeah. So as you can see, I'm a little bit more scared of... The brain. The brain, I think. The old brain. I have a recurring nightmare about... You know when people have like recurring nightmares about not knowing their lines or turning yeah. up naked at school? My one is that... Is like that, is that I've got a performance, I've got to do something. But you've got your clothes on. My clothes are on and it's terrifying. <laughs> and I cannot get them off no matter how hard I try. And yeah. everyone's looking at me like, what the God, fuck is this show? When are they coming off? <laughs> We've when heard about it. coming off. Yeah. And, but my genuine recurring nightmare that I have is that I, I accidentally smoke a joint. Like someone hands me this and I'm sort of distracted and I take a drag on this joint and it's filled with like acid and I'm so fucked I can't see straight mm. and I have to like go on stage and do something and I can't, I'm so fucked I can't even explain to like people, I'm too fucked, I can't do this and they, I sort of have to go on stage and I'm literally sort of blind blind fucked oh my God. and have to I love over. that it's um, your <laughs> your worst nightmare isn't that you're getting spiked with acid it's that you're getting spiked with acid and have to do a gig because <laughs> you're so committed to doing gigs all the time yeah. that that whatever your dream is <laughs> yeah. is probably that as well yeah it doesn't you know. I'm still I'm still working yeah and also just that I'm so I also like that I always like casually take this yeah. thing that's hands me distracted like what's this yeah, oh yeah, shit that was yeah, a... yeah. but like always with a gig at the end so people yeah. go have you, do you ever have the flying dream yeah yeah I, I have dreams <laughs> I fly it and then have to do a gig <laughs> on stage flying yeah <laughs> uh, Interesting. What is the film that made you cry the most? Are you a crier? I'm not a big crier. I'm quite repressed. I find that interesting. And I'll tell you, you why. Because you're a sensitive. You're a very yeah. sensitive lad. But you're not a crier, are you? You're a mixture of sort of open and closed. Yeah. <laughs> I like being told I was sensitive in the voice of uh, Danny from Widnail and I. You're a sensitive lad, aren't you? <laughs> but... The film that made me cry without actually, you know, extracting tears <laughs> the most, I think, was Dead, Ma- Dead, Dead Poet Society. Any, any film with dead in there? <laughs> dead man walking into a poet society. Yeah. Shoes. <laughs> uh, Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. I remember I was 13. And the reason I remember I was 13 is because it was a 15 certificate and it was the first time I got into a 15 at the cinema. I was so chuffed. And I'd never seen a film like it that was so grown up and Mm. so mature, but it moved me so much, particularly the Captain, my Captain bit at the end. Captain, oh, Captain. Captain, oh, Captain. (laughs) What is... What is that? I was just... And I was with mates from school trying not... I didn't want them to see me... I was like proper. They you know, cry. Yeah, it just get and I think I remember like at the end of 
In the Name of the Father. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one with yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis? When he's freed at the end, and I just... And there's something about people standing up to rousing music. Mm-hmm. No, there's something about people overcoming something terrible that happens to them or people making sacrifices for people that just gets me. Mm. It really... It, I'm a sucker for it. But not enough to cry. Do you cry in the life? <laughs> the life? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, As because we're in death now. Yeah. Right. Um, not often. My girlfriend thinks I'm a robot. She doesn't mm. understand why I don't cry, and I don't understand why she cries every day. <laughs> um, so we're, we're definitely... At the other ends of the spectrum. I, 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 I've cried probably, genuinely, probably about ten times in my adult life, maybe maybe seven. Mm-hmm. Definitely when my dad died and at his funeral. But then not only a handful of times. Really? I just, I don't know what it is. I'm sort of, a, I think it's why I, would, I was never going to be like a proper actor. Because I don't know how to access those emotions at such short notice, I need a good four-week lead-in. <laughs> this is what I don't get, is I definitely have a, a, a version of, or grew up with, an, with a uh, belief or, or thinking that to be a man you shouldn't cry, that, that crying is a yeah. weakness and thing. But when I think, uh, I think that must have come from school and culture, because it didn't come from my dad. My dad is a crier and is a soft you know, isn't like, man up, son, he's not like that. That's weird. So I'm like, it's interesting that I took all that on without being raised that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's similar to, um, I've noticed that a lot of my male friends don't call each other up for a chat or call someone up to go, oh, man, I'm really struggling at the moment or, oh, this thing's happening. We just hold it in. Whereas my female friends will chat, just they'll just call up on the phone and have a natter or talk about stuff or yeah. meet up for, and I, it's like I don't see us. I didn't think uh, we were those typical blokes that can't yeah. talk about their feelings or anything, but we definitely don't reach out. And you know, I have been through really bad depression in the past, and I didn't text mm. a friend and go, "I'm really suffering. I don't know why." And I never thought I was that guy. I thought I was like a bit soft and yeah. beater, if anything, and quite in touch with, you know, not ashamed of, but something about being a man, a middle-aged mm. man. That, I think you have to train. I, I do think it's like you sort of have to train yourself to do it. You have to sort of force yourself until it's normal, until because whatever this pattern is where you don't do that. I tell you what, though, I would love to just... Is primal scream therapy a real thing? Still knocking about. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. um... You know, because I do think just some really good sobbing. I'd pay money to just if someone could access the sobbing. Yeah, wouldn't you? Because I bet you just feel amazing afterwards. Well, just watch. You know, uh, the the holiday again. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the holiday exactly. Um, what is the film that you used to love? You've watched it recently and you've gone, oh, no, I don't like this anymore. Well, funnily enough, I watched A Few Good Men the other night. Yeah. And it's a brilliant film, and it still is. Right. But it, a sign of how much has changed. Cause it, and I don't like saying this, because I think Rob Reiner is one of the, the all-time greats. great 
the greats. Yeah, he is one of, the, and he's never mentioned. Yeah. I did. I actually did this feature on my own podcast once. He's never mentioned on the list of greats, and he has. He this, does all of it because he does so many different genres and stuff. You he's know, he's not necessarily big, an he's author, top but, three, but he's so good. Yeah. But a sign of how much has changed with television, especially how long you can spend with characters and developing the storyline and getting to know people mm-hmm. more rather than just you know hitting the beats yeah re-watching it was a bit like it felt quite formulaic yeah and a little a little bit thin on well it's probably it's i think it's one of them things like you've now seen a lot of Aaron Sorkin you've now seen a lot of good legal shows mm. and like but we've it's, seen the wire, and we've seen, yeah, yeah. you know, Breaking Bad and stuff, or what? It's you been know, taken all these. On. Yeah, and it's like watching, and also the music was so early nine, like really right. bad music. Now, don't get me wrong; it's still a good film, but I thought I, you know, I persuaded my my girlfriend to to watch it, sort of going, "You're going to like this; is going to blow your mind." Mm. And for about the first two thirds, it was like, "Yeah, I mean, it's good." I was expecting mm. more than that. Now, of course, the famous scene at the yeah. end was still phenomenal. Right. I mean, it's like two greats absolutely smashing it out of the park. Mm. I think it was probably the film that really made me think that Cruz... Because at the time, he was like, there was a lot yeah. of question about, is he just a pretty boy or whatever? Yeah. But he, to, to be able to like basically square off to Nicholson, who is so frightening in that film yeah and completely hold his own but he but the whole film is almost like just a bit of an excuse for that scene yeah yeah it's like let's talk loads and sort of build up this moment that's gonna happen it's kind that's of like really any rocky film like or any rocky sports film, yeah. movie it's you're yeah. building to the big i suppose climax yeah. the big fight that was the big the big uh the big fight at the yeah. end yeah uh, what is the film mm. that most people don't like? It's critically not acclaimed, but you're like, you donuts, it's brilliant. Well, this this applies to all these questions, you know. When I was thinking about these questions, it's like, oh, my God. How do I aren't... There are so many films, mm-hmm. right? So when you... I hate it when people say, what your, what's your favourite film? Yeah. Because it's just so impossible. And even, even like, the question you asked about what's the front, most scariest film or yeah, film... Yeah. Like, if you ask me in two weeks' time, I might, if I'm still dead, it's I might... the day that you record this, is all as in, of course you're going to change your yeah. mind. Of course you are, But for mate. now, this is what my yeah. answer to the critically acclaimed film, and, and it's recent, I wouldn't normally... It's the reviled film that you love. Reviled? Yeah. Oh, right, it's not the, oh, okay, this is the other one. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. I mean, Wild Hogs isn't that bad. That's a great answer. No one has said it. That is a properly hated film. <laughs> that was like a one-star film from all the critics. Yes. And I think there is at least two stars to be had. Now, John Travolta, bless him, mm-hmm. I've loved his work in many films. Yep. He was a bona fide movie star. Yep. Great in... Look Who's Talking. Look Who's Talking. Look Who's Talking to. Two. Look Who's Talking Now. <laughs> he was great in the Look Who's Talking saga. Look Who's Talking over there. And the Look Who's Talking universe. No, like Blowout. Fucking hell, are you Pulp talking Fiction. as well? 
<laughs> um, who the fuck are you talking <laughs> to me right now? Uh, are you talking are to you me? Are you still talking? <laughs> and then the final one, shut up. Which was, Seriously. Uh, yeah. Uh, but he he is so bad in Wild Hogs. Right. Because he's gone, oh, it's a comedy, and he's opposite um, Tim, Tim Allen Lynn. and Martin Lawrence, <clears throat> who are both comedians. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I better up my game. And it, the, whoever directed it should have said, no, go the other way. Just mm. throw stuff away. Don't, he's so bad in it. But I laughed out loud a couple of times. That's good. And a film about middle-aged men wanting to just jump on their bikes and ride across America. How did you see Word Hugs? See it at the cinema? No, 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 no. I think me, I was living with um, my mate, um, comedian, uh, actor and writer Oliver Mortman uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. And we went through a phase of watching sort of guilty pleasure movies. Right. We thought, we'll give this, we'll give this a chance. Give Word Hugs a go. And, you know, Tim Allen... He's made some, like, Galaxy Quest. Amazing. Great film. Toy Great Story film. 1 to 4. Um, home Improvement. <laughs> home Improvement. And whatever the one he's on now. That I can't Man even, of the House. Man of the House. Or some of that. But he's a, a raging uh, Republican and likes Trump, which, you know. Anyway, let's not get political. Uh, he uh, He's good in it. He's good in Wild Hogs. William H. Macy, great in Wild great. Hogs. Martin Lawrence, fine in Wild Hogs. <laughs> Um, that's that's one that I really weirdly. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to three percent daily cash on every purchase every day. That's three percent on your favorite products at Apple, two percent on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and one percent on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co/card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily because the film is any good, but Mm. because the experience you had around seeing the film that you'll always remember it as special to you. For that reason. It's quite simply Rocky IV. Go on. Because I saw, I witnessed, I experienced Rocky IV at the Beckenham ABC Cinema in, I'm going to say, around about 1984 or Mm 5, when it came out at the cinema. And... It was the most incredible cinematic experience of my life. Everyone, it was a packed cinema, yeah. all with mostly kids, probably some adults. So you were which eight. Which is dodgy. Yeah, I would have been about eight, uh, nine, that sort of age. Everyone at the end of the film, mm. in the Drago fight, yeah. people were stood on their feet 
And people were chanting, Rocky, Rocky. People go, oh, go on, Rocky, go on. Like, like they were actually yeah. at the fight. Wow. And I just thought that's what people did at the cinema. <laughs> Well, they do when, when, when you were younger, did you, uh, when you went to the cinema, when the um, certificate mm. image came up, did people start shouting when that image came up, when uh, you were a kid? People go, what would they shout? Yeah, yeah. Like the film's about to start. Yeah. People go, woo, and whistle, woo yeah. 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 And then that just stopped. People just, no, just looking at their phones going, oh, it started, is it? Let me, let me tweet. But how excited people were that yeah. the film was going to start. I don't know if that was because we were kids or because people going to the cinema was so much more of a treat back then because you yeah. couldn't get it all at home. That's you, a nice story. But it was so good. That's so great. good. A close second is probably uh, Star Wars the Force, Wake, the, the Force Awakens. Yeah. Just because, you know, it was the nostalgia fest and I saw it at a packed Leicester Square cinema and... They did cheer when Lucasfilms popped up. And the cheer for the Millennium Falcon and then Harrison Ford and Chewie. And, I mean, it was like a collective nostalgia orgy. It was just... I mean, that's a big screen, right? The Leicester Square. That's like a... I think I was there. I think I saw saw it opening day at the Empire IMAX. Did you see me and ignore me? Yeah, well, I was wearing a stormtrooper. <laughs> so, yeah. You were shouting, but I couldn't yeah. hear you through the plastic. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was the one in the uh, Boba Fett one, um, but it was there was something so nice. There was yeah, something was like really this weird great. sort of we're all in this together. Yeah, and it was also like a whole room of people going, "It's not the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. It's all going to be okay." Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what is the film? that yep. you most relate to? Is it Kez? <laughs> <laughs> I t- it's, it's a bit sad. Okay. It's not the film I most relate to, but it's the film I watched where I sort of... where I was like, oh, God, is that, you know, I feel the pain. Oh, was Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, man. Real well, yeah. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. It's such a beautiful film, and Oscar Isaac is... I'm not by any means comparing myself to either the character who was talented and Oscar Isaac who was incredibly talented, annoyingly so. Yeah. That he can sing and play guitar like that as well as be a great actor and and, and handsome and everything. But that pain of the lengths you'll go to and will it ever happen Mm. and just how you're not in control of your own doesn't matter how talented you are. Yeah. doesn't matter how good you are, how good the thing you make is. There's all these other elements that mm-hmm. are dictating whether, whether you make... And I can point at so many people who are successful and go, there's, yeah, you're talented, but you're not more talented than lots of other people. Yeah. And that just breaks my heart for me, but also for other people I know as well. Yeah. And I think that really, in terms of that thing that you relate to and the pain that that person's, that more than anything, unless I'm forgetting something from years ago that I've blocked out, like when I had a, an eagle that I used to fly. Um, but no, do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yes. I've, I have talked about this with Nish Kumar. He, he, he picked it as his scariest film. Oh, did he? Yeah, but I mean, we, I think we all 
very much relate to that film. Yeah. And also, I, I, I would like to hear your take on it because everyone has a different reading of whether he is talented, Llewellyn Davis. Like, yeah. I think he is. But yeah. someone else said to me that they watched it and they were like, no, you watch it and you realise he's okay, but he's not that good. Whereas I watched it like, he's really good and he doesn't get his, you know, luck. It's just luck. But do you watch it going, he's really, like, do you watch it and go, actually, he's not that talented? No, I think he's talented. Yeah. I think he's not doing what is fashionable at that moment. I don't know if it's he's ahead of his time and they don't they don't get it, or whether he's out of fashion. But I just don't think he's what people are after at that moment. Yeah, because you know, like he goes to record that song that Adam Driver's the other guy yeah. in, and um, and yeah, the, that's the, not what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, and and the band that. Justin Lee, Justin Timberlake, Justin, Justin Lee, Lee Collins is in. <laughs> it was a surprising casting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's that's my take is that he is talented, but he's not what people want at that time. Yeah. Oh, and also, mm. um, Bob Dylan. You hear Bob Dylan? Is it right yes, at the end? Right at the end. Yeah, like basically following him. Following him. So they're implying in this film that it's before Bob Dylan broke broke out. Mm. So. If anything, I think he was ahead of his time. Now that we're talking about this, yeah. I think it's that people weren't... They were, they liked this sort of Mary, Paul and Peter sort of very mm. safe, sweet stuff. Yeah. And he he was too raw and too fucking edgy. Yeah. And it wasn't until Dylan... He could have been the next Dylan. Yeah. I think that's it. It's, yeah. I, it sort of comes from the story, I forget the guy's name, but he's actually on the soundtrack, but the, it's the... I think it's inspired by the story of the guy who opened for Dylan when Dylan broke through. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, what is the film? Here we go. I mean, this is is what... How do you remember all these in order, by the way? I don't know. I've been doing it a long time. (laughs) Got a good brain on me. (laughs) What's the sexiest film, Dan? I mean, when I was younger, it was definitely American Werewolf in London. One Honey. The shower scene was just off the charts. Phenomenal. And happened... Holds up. At, I think I started to watch that film at a time mm-hmm. where... You were getting I, into showers. I was getting into showers big time. Oh, I was... Yeah, that. And then more recently, I think it's got to be... Uh, blue is the warmest colour. Wow. Be- not just because, oh, you know, they're lesbians or whatever, you know, like... It's it was how real it was, and they they're both utterly gorgeous. In yeah. and again, but again, they're not they're not all. It's not all like really flattering lighting, and yeah. you know they're both playing quite sort of. I don't think they have much makeup on, and you know she's a bit punky, and so it's not like it's it's not all glamour. Yeah, but it's the the authenticity, the intense love, and then obviously a nine minute lesbian scene. <laughs> I mean, I watched it in a uh, a very middle class sort of Guardian reading mm. uh, audience, yeah. and the amount of sort of coughs and shuffles during because it just kept yeah. going and going, and people like you know sort of fifty, sixty year old women sort yeah. of go. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> it it was so because and it was packed. Yeah, but yeah, that was. I also think Out of Sight is very sexy without yes. using any 
you know the bit where you're jumping forward and back, they're flirting. Yeah. I mean, the chemistry. Mm. Why, I don't know why J-Lo didn't become an actress until recently, if you know what I mean. She sort of acted and then became a pop star and a presenter. Because that scene, the, the yeah. chemistry between her and Clooney... I mean, I'm absolutely in love with Jayla. Oh, yeah. 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 Is that why, when I said, I don't know why she didn't really pursue the acting, you I got a little angry, bit... Yeah. You looked a bit angry. Like, what are you saying it? about her? She's like, a good actress. Yeah. She's acted. She didn't stop acting or write down. She also did music. Well, she just but, didn't see all her films. No, but... She, she did U-Turn. Yeah, they're all the ones, but they're pre... She did uh, the... The the cop, McC- she did a cop show in America. Oh, did she? Okay. For two years. Maybe CBS. that's where that's where the the blind spot on her <laughs> yeah. CV for me is. But don't you say? That, <laughs> I'm that so sorry. She's a hardworking woman. She never she never slowed down. She's definitely never slowed down. She's definitely hardworking. But I just thought you know she might have been like the real mm. you know in terms of just being a movie star the more of a. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you think she's not a movie star? <laughs> Get but Brett, out. if you like, should we just call this? Yes. Call this off. Uh, what now? There's a subcategory, and here we are at it. Troubling boners, worrying wide-ons. What film did you find arousing? And you thought, oh, I probably shouldn't have. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, it's a difficult one to um, to answer, and I'm not. It's a. I'm not proud of this, but nil by mouth. <laughs> Um, no, I, I had to, there had to be a joke there. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't go straight into, uh, I can't, I honestly couldn't think of anything. I mean, I, I did sort of think Bugsy Malone, but then I thought, well, hang on, I was a kid watching it. Right. So it was okay for me to fancy Jodie Foster. Okay. So th- that doesn't quite ca- count. Mm-hmm. Um, it did then remind me of, um, a dream I had when I was about 12, where I fell in love and made out with Sandy from Greece. Lovely. And, and I woke up mm. and I was so gutted it wasn't real. Mm. Like I went to school, like... And that, that was the first time I felt lust and love, I think. Yeah, I just... I'm going to... I know that I'm going to remember mm. when it's too late. Or you may be someone who doesn't have shame... And you are never troubled by your boners. You go, no, that was a perfectly healthy boner. <laughs> maybe, maybe the scene in um, Monsters Ball is it with Halle Berry and yeah, uh, the absolutely incredible sex scene with Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, but it, there's something also quite painful about it. I don't know. Isn't there like she's almost like crying and stuff during it, but yet it's her naked and she's a beautiful woman mm. and it's quite visceral and. That's one of I'm the things sure that I, really looks like they're having sex. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure it's a complete... It's a completely imba- free boner. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. That's a sort of 80% boner, 20%. Yeah. Is, is everyone okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just want, can we stop and just check in? Is everyone um, all right in this? And yeah. if so, I am loving it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is objectively the greatest film of all time? I do want to obviously sound, you know, like a cinephile and talk about The Seventh Seal or Mm -hmm. Citizen Kane, but... It's Wild Hogs. 
It's Wild Hogs, and anyone got a problem with that, tweet in now, and we'll have a little argument on Twitter. I, I, I'm going to go with When Harry Met Sally. Excellent choice. Because, yes, it's lightweight, it's Hollywood, it's fluffy, but it's also perfectly written. Every line has a purpose, every line is funny, it's cynical but also hopeful... It's, it was revolutionary at the time. I'm sure now people would say it's not very woke because he's all laid back and funny and she's uptight. But actually, her character's just as funny as he is mm-hmm. and gets to do just as many funny things. It's so equal in its sharing of who's funny. The supporting cast are so good. Interestingly, I, was, I only found this out recently... The f- most famous scene, which was quite progressive at the time, the orgasm scene, yeah, was uh, was uh, Meg Ryan and um, Billy Crystal pretty much created that scene. Really? So apparently they were all talking about you know stuff, the differences between men yeah. and women, and they were talking about women faking orgasms, and they came up with this idea that she should they should talk about that in the film, and then Meg Ryan said, "Why don't I act it out?" Which is like the highlight of... It's yeah, like yeah. the thing That's that has thing been... Remember, yeah. And then after that, of course, Billy, uh, Billy Crystal says, after that, someone should say, I'll have what she's having. Great. Now, no disrespect to Nora Ephron or Rob Reiner, they're both amazing yeah. and geniuses, but I just thought that was interesting that those two were the kind of driving force behind that scene. But I just, I just love it so much. It's never been topped. I think the only problem with When Harry Met Sally is it has made romantic comedies almost impossible because yes. I don't think you can top it. And I, and I just, you just can't. Yeah, it's, it's so perfect. You know, and, and I could have said Annie Hall or any one of Woody Allen's films, but I know that it's not, it's not the done thing to mention him anymore. But that's not the reason I'm not <clears> saying it. I think even though Annie Hall came first, When Harry Met Sally was like, Here's how you do that film, but, like, really speak to the masses. And really uh, really pacey. Oh, fuck, it's brilliant. It's so Flawless. good. So, you know, like I say, I wanted to say, you know, something like... But really... you did. You actually did, Dan. So well done. Thank you. I spoke from the heart. Yeah. What film could you or have you watched the most over and over again? I mean, this isn't what I've watched... The most, but this is the film I feel like now I I can happily watch the most is In Bruges. I just love the film so much. I never liked Colin Farrell until I saw that film, right. and he's phenomenal in it. The tone, just I've watched it about six times, and it's a quite a recent film. And if it was on TV, I would uh, if I was flicking, I'd stick with it. I just love it. I love the dialogue. I love the... St- it's got everything. It's got comedy, drama, action, romance. It's both silly, but also quite dark and tragic. <clears throat> and the way it shifts from one tone to the other, not many films can do that. Yeah. I've, ne- I, I've subsequently always been a little bit disappointed by Martin McDonough's, you know, other Latter films. work. And I don't know whether it's because I don't like them or if it's because that film for me is just so perfect. That's great. I love it so much. And the 
the relationship between... I've always been drawn to those sort of two people stuck together who don't quite get on, but there's a love between them underneath it all. Yeah. You know. Have you ever seen Bad Boys? <laughs> I mean, that was, good. that was a close second. Uh, you're in comedy, right? Yeah. What's the film that made you laugh the most? It's not my favourite comedy of all time because That's... I'm a bit of a... I love story. I love... All my favourite comedies are probably more about the story and characters. But the film that made me laugh the most, without question, was Borat. Fair play. I mean, do people give that Thumbs up a lot, and, yeah. it, and it's fair. You know, the close second would have been... Funny. There's something about Mary, which right. I don't know if I would find as funny now, but at the time it was yeah. so... Just yeah. there were so many big set pieces and shocking moments, like the fact that you do a close-up shot of his foreskin trapped in the zipper, the, the beans, you know, yeah. yeah, the beans, or was it his ball bag? Frank and beans. Yeah. Well, it's also the fact that it's a very long time before yeah. that happens. They keep talking about it, yeah. and you just assume, of course, you're not going to see yeah. it. And they talk about it for ages, and then suddenly you see it, like fuck it out, <laughs> we're seeing it. What a treat! <laughs> that was. That was that's a close second, but Borat. I've, I don't think I've ever been in a cinema where this was after the wrestling scene, where the audience are still laughing mm. about five minutes after the scene's finished, therefore missing the current dialogue, mm. like literally wiping tears from their eyes. And I've not had it since. Like that proper crying with laughter. Yeah. It's the danger of it. It's, yeah. it's so real. The, the Which you could never so do again high. because you yeah. you you start getting savvy to how those things are set up and mm. and sort of tweaked and and in that format of a feature film we just had never seen that before. Yeah, it was it's a mo- it's a bit like the when Harry met Sally thing of like how do you do that type of comedy again? again you just can't, yeah. or you can, but you'll never you'll never get that moment again. What's the worst film of all time? <laughs> now this um, this is this is quite a recent film. Yeah, and I, I don't like slagging off films. No, publicly. of course not. I mean, I hate to even ask the question. Yeah, and actually, it's worse because it's a recent film. It's easier to sort of hmm. you know if it's I when the, they're all dead. Yeah, they're all dead, and even all their relatives are dead. Yeah. And, You've killed the children. So they're, they're not <laughs> so going to talk about it alone. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's Joker. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Go on. I, I, I mean, you know, like I say, the only reason I don't feel bad saying this is because it is it's done very well, so successful. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm, I'm fairly certain that Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix aren't going to be too bothered about me. I think they will survive this podcast. Uh, I hated it with a passion. I felt it was not a homage to the King of Comedy and Taxi Driver, but just a blatant rip-off. Right. I felt it was one note. Mm -hmm. Just It was just banging the same note all the way through the film. Like, okay, I get it. The poor guy's had a bit of a shit time. <laughs> you could have done that in literally five minutes yeah. and I would have understood why he became the Joker. But it was almost two hours of constant... Cyni- and, and it felt cynical. It didn't feel like from the heart. It felt like 
people sitting in a room going, and why else could we have it that he would have become this? Mm. Not like this is the true, a, tr- a sort of like a real person, and this is what people are going through in real life. It felt manipulated and manufactured, but mostly it was one note until the bit where they play Gary Glitter, where suddenly mm. there's this jolly moment. But, of course, as British people, we're going, ooh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. You're playing Gary Glitter. But and weirdly, like, yeah. it sounds amazing, and I sort of <laughs> want to download that song, but I can't. But it's, yeah, it is, I don't know, I just thought it was so, it was such a Emperor's New Clothes thing. The surprising thing about it is, obviously this is my opinion, I haven't met anyone else that hates it as much as me, but... Mm-hmm. What's weird, considering how much I disliked it, I still was in awe of Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Yeah. That's how good he is. In a film I'm hating... You're calling the worst film you've ever seen. You still love him. I still just thought, what an amazing performance. And that decision to make his laugh uh, an infliction, Mm. like a cough you can't stop... Yeah. Was um, not only was it a great idea, but like I can't think of many actors that could have actually done that. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, it's already I've talked myself out of this being the worst <laughs> film going, ever. It's actually, there's if the central performance is that good, then it can't mm. be the worst film. But I just don't think the film itself, the story, the setup. I just thought it was all nicked ideas mm-hmm. and really cynically made. And interestingly, and. I'm, I'm never going to get to work with Todd Phillips. I wasn't a fan of The Hangover. So maybe his style of filmmaking, I just am not into or something. I don't know. Mm. Fascinating. Do you have an opinion on it? On Joker? Yeah. Well, when I watched it, the, the my screening of it, I thought, what a very uh, nasty little wank of a film like as in it was really I was surprised how grim it was how relentlessly grim it was and that was the, how yeah, much people had li- how much people had liked it for a film that is quite slow and just grim 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 and then uh it sort of stayed it surprised me because it stayed with me and I kept thinking about it and the more I thought about it I thought actually I think there might be more to this than I had given it credit for and that's I do think partly because it's Todd Phillips and so I'd sort of assumed that this isn't going to be you know uh, have any meaning and and it did stay with me and I thought about it more and I also do think there's something to be said like you're right as in in everyone's right everyone can have their opinion etc however there's something to be said for this film that is this grim, quite slow, arty, in a way film has clearly connected with millions yeah. of people in a way that is very unusual. And it isn't just because it's called Joker. Like, I know loads of people who've seen it who've been really affected by it and think that it says a lot about mental health. And I think what is interesting about it, if I may, is that I personally think he's... he's um, very unpleasant in it like you don't love him you don't warm to him as a person and I think that that's quite bold because there are people in the world that we ignore and that we don't want to hang out with because they're annoying or they're weird or they're awkward or you know they they don't have warmth about them and he the character is really like you think I wouldn't want to hang out with you and therefore he's lonely and he's fucked up and did it and no one's connecting with him 
And that is quite interesting because I didn't think, oh, he's charming though, and I like him. I, I never liked him. Yeah. He was like, and that laugh is really unpleasant and he's just horrible. You don't want to be near him. But he's all alone and he's, and these are these, there are these people and incels and fucking trolls and all this shit. And these are people that, that are not being connected with. And I thought that that is quite interesting. And, you know, so, so I think there's more to it than just a grim little thing about the Joker. You're right, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> no, look, I, I completely, t- I accept all that. And, and I'm always of the, if the people are rushing to see it, not just at the opening weekend, but yeah. weekend after weekend, and it's that grim and it's that slow. Yeah, you're right, this, it is connecting with people. I almost would have preferred it if they'd taken the exact, all the scenes they'd shot. Mm. And taken out low, like half an hour or forty-five minutes of it, and then filmed a Batman story, so that that was just the Joker side of it. Yeah, yeah. And we had a Batman film where we really understood why the Joker became who he was. Mm-hmm. One of my issues with it was that it was just so relentless in its yeah. tone. I agree. I agree. In terms of there were no other facets to it, there were no other like strands or anything. It was just like, oh my god, this is this is just ding, ding, ding. And I think it was even like the score had like three notes to it or something that were. And of course, that was the vibe they were going for. I'm not saying they fucked up or they did it wrong. That's what they made, and they made and it's successful. But just in terms of my taste, yeah. I would have preferred to see that within a bigger... I think that's fair. Again, when I'm giving it credit, when I think about it, I go, the end of the film is him talking to a therapist and there is the suggestion that what we have seen is his version of events, Mm. which would be when you are, as you have experienced, depression and mental health issues, is one note, Mm. is I don't see... Yes, that is true. ...any other side. All I see is ding, ding, shit, everything, shit, everything, shit, everything, shit. So, I, again, maybe I'll give it too much credit, maybe not, I don't know, but that is it. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, you're actually sort of winning me round a bit, yeah. um, you know, throwing my own mental health at me as a, <laughs> as a way of pulling me in. Um, you're, no, yeah. you're, what's, what's, in, I'm sort of looking back Because you're like it. the Joker, in a way. Yeah, yeah, in a way, <laughs> you know, uh, you're pretty grim. <laughs> I think maybe if, if it had not also been such an obvious homage quote unquote to king of comedy and Mm. taxi driver like him shooting him the way he did was so like the scene at the end of taxi driver Mm. but also meshed with king of comedy because of the jerry lewis and you know obsession and and it was like i couldn't keep seeing it i was like oh but this is just that you know as well so the themes and the st- and what it's trying to talk about and doing that using a comic book character, I, I'm completely in favour of. Mm. And I and you saying that, I'm almost like, yeah, I want to see that film, <laughs> but it wasn't the experience I had. Right. And maybe again, it's the classic. I went in with you know knowing it's got this hundred percent mm. Rotten Tomato score or whatever. Yeah. The bullshit is these days. Uh, you, was over, you were overhyped. That's okay. It's all right. 
It's definitely not the worst film ever made, no. that's for sure. Well, I'm glad we've answered that yeah. definitively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, actually quite good. <laughs> <laughs> what a journey. Dan Clark, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you Thank so you much so for much. doing this. Oh, now, no. When you uh, met up with Janice again and yeah. she popped the old tube in a bum and you were like, oh, I, I respect, I've got a lot of respect for people who do um, bum sets because this hurts. And yeah. she... Popped, she popped a load of probiotics in and some water and some Lugosate and uh, some, some Sprite, Fanta. Yeah, a couple like, of Smarties. She said, hold it in. And you were like, oh, I've got stomach cramps. Can I let it out? And she said, she said oh, my days, hold on, hold on. And she kept pumping <laughs> it in. It. I'm loving this little went, summary. <laughs> hold it, hold it. And you went, oh, come on, let it out. And she went, oh, my days, you can do it a little bit more. And she uh, put in some sparkling water, some tonic uh, a little Some bit gin. of gin, <laughs> a lime, popped a lime in. Anyway, oh, that's for uh, juniper berries, actually. But um. <laughs> it was slow gin, so we were fine. And then, um, and she said one more, and she popped in one last um, glass of uh, diet coke, and your stomach exploded, mm-hmm. and you died mm-hmm. instantly. And Janice, she was screaming, "I feel awful!" I ran in there. Dan, what's happened? What's happened is you fucking exploded all over Janice. Poor Janice is <laughs> <laughs> absolutely covered in you. Not just your insides, but your outsides. Yeah. She's got your glasses hanging off her ear. She's an absolute state. She's in shock. Oh, my days, oh, my days, oh, my days. I go, Janice, <laughs> I calm her down. Scrape up all of you. Yeah. And there's bits of you over. Janice, there's bits of you. There's like, I can't tell the difference where it's where it's Sprite and where it's mm. your intestines. It's a mess. It's Bubbly very mess. like Python uh, mis- meaning of life. Yeah. Anyway, I scrape up all the bits yeah. of you, but there's more of you than, yeah. than I'd planned for because of all the stuff she was pumping yeah. inside. And also I don't look that big. You're surprised that yeah, I was so surprised. much. And also, mm. and there's a, there's a literally a complete, uh, edition of the sun from 1992 yeah, yeah, that was yeah. somewhere in your colon <laughs> anyway i've stuff it all i've got this coffin but the problem is the coffin i got you was the size of you i wasn't expecting all this extra stuff i'm having to jam all the bits of you into this coffin anyway it's absolutely it's full to the mm. brim this coffin and there's really no room there. there's only enough room to slide one dvd into the side of the coffin for you to take to the other side on the other side it's movie night every night one night it's your movie night what movie are you taking to show everyone in heaven super bowl hey or how not to live your life so that people know that this they can who the person is in uh, in the coffin because by the sounds of it i'm going to be unrecognizable <laughs> i it has to be a film okay um, you've said Super Bob it's Super, Super Bob <laughs> <laughs> you're taking Super Bob I hope the people who have it love you it you can call John and say there's been another sale <laughs> we've sold another one John another one being shipped off to heaven um, thank you so much is there anything people should be looking out for listening out for for you no there isn't actually there is news coming but it's probably not for a while yet obviously you don't follow him on twitter or instagram because he no like do because do, actually i will sort of announce gigs and things and occasionally very occur as long as you don't mind that i'll only tweet once every two months I think but when when the tweets happen they're uh big. They're, they're pretty big they're pretty special um yeah uh should i say my twitter at okay. handle uh at dan clark esq 
which is like just me being clever. Yeah. Because there's about a thousand Dan Clarks. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure dying yeah, with you. Thank you, you so um, much. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful uh, afterlife. All right. Good night to you. See ya. So that was episode 81. Get your tickets for the live show February 26th with Tom Allen from the Dice app at the Islington Town Hall and head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat I did with Dan. Some really good, funny stuff there. You'll want to hear it. Also, go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. Have a look. People have been doing it. Oh, it's some wonderful stuff over there. You'll love it. Plus, it helps numbers, means more people see it. I can keep making it, more you can keep drinking craft beer. We can all be happy forever and ever until we all die. Thank you so much to Dan for doing the show and for being so great. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAS for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for another amazing, incredible, unbelievable guest. But in the meantime, everyone, have a lovely week. And please, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.